This program is a part of the Full Press Radio Network. Find this and all of Full Press Coverage's shows on fullpressradio.com or free on the Full Press Coverage app, available now on the Apple and Google Play stores. Hi, this is Clay Matthews, and you're listening to the Eye Test for Two. edition of the I Test for Two podcast. I'm Clark Judge. I'm Ira Kaufman. We're both Hall of Fame voters, and this is not the Washington podcast. It's actually the <laughs> Tampa Bay Bucks podcast on this Groundhog Day 2021. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, Ira, Punxsutawney Phil today apparently saw a shadow. That means six more weeks of winter up here in New England, not down there in Tampa. <laughs> But anyway, we're joined, as we always are, by our Hall of Fame producer, Mr. Ian Glendon. Um, but that's not all. Uh, today, we're also joined by a very special guest, also from Tampa, which I guess because Ira and Ian live there, makes this the Tampa 3 podcast. We're talking about former 49ers owner Edward J. DeBartolo Jr., who's the first NFL owner to be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame as a contributor candidate. Now, Eddie's going to be honored this Friday, along with friend of the show, Derek Brooks, who was on here last week at the Hall's Merlin Olson luncheon. And Eddie's joining us today from his home in Tampa. And Ira, before we get to Mr. D, a quick story about the first time I met him. I had just been hired in the summer of 1994 to cover the 49ers for the San Jose Mercury News. And I wanted to introduce myself to him before the season started. So a meeting was arranged at the team hotel. There's a Marriott near Candlestick. Uh, and it was prior to a season game. And, and I think it was an August 12 game against Denver. It doesn't make any difference, but it was prior to it. And um, I met him in the middle of the day uh, on that Saturday. And I remember introducing him, myself to him. And I said, before we get started, you tell me what's on the record and what's off. And he said, no. I went, what, what do you mean, no? He goes, everything's on the record. It's all on the record. Whatever I say, you can quote. I said, are you kidding me? He said, no. And you know what? Everything was, and it has been ever since. Eddie, welcome to the program. And I don't know if you remember that meeting, but I'll tell you what, I, I'll never I do. It. I do. And I probably st stepped on my foot a few times by, by agreeing to that. <laughs> I'm a little jealous, gentlemen, because I wish the buck owners uh, had the same policy, Eddie. <laughs> can you find them? <laughs> if you can find them. Um, Eddie, thanks so much for doing this. I, I know you don't do a lot of these things, so uh, we're very appreciative. Eddie, on this luncheon on Friday, uh, you and Derek Merlin Olson luncheon. Eddie, I, I want to ask you, you, you've been, um, you know, gotten so many plaudits over your career, honors. Um Eddie, looking back uh, from the day that you were inducted in Canton, um, how, how's the how's the Hall of Fame changed your life, Eddie? Oh, it it, it just it it it, it kind of ended the circle. It completed the circle. Um, you, you know, you you it's a different 
you're a different person. You know, I spent a lot of time, you know, obviously over the years with the 49ers, uh, you know, a lot of great memories and some not so great. But, you know, when when you're honored in, in something that is so special, so special to these players and all the other people that are in this Hall of Fame, it, 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 it rises you above what you always were. And, you know, I, I, an owner is an owner. And I, I, I just, I feel different. I feel, I feel much different than being just an owner. Eddie, uh, you could live uh, in Malibu. You could live in St. Moritz. You could live in Monte Carlo. You choose Tampa Bay as your adopted home. Eddie, why Tampa? Um, it, that's, that's really interesting because, uh, over the years, starting back into the, uh, early seventies, uh, our, uh, my dad's company, uh, the, uh, the Edward J. DeBartolo corporation, we were building malls at the time and we built, oh, about 17 malls in Florida and, and, and around the Tampa Bay area, probably seven or eight or nine. And, um, we had hired uh, Dick Greco, who had, was mayor for many, many years in Tampa, uh, to work for us down here, be our representative. So I spent, and so did my my dad and and, and our representatives, many, many, many uh, you know days, months in the, the Tampa Bay area, and it became almost like a second home. I speaking with Eddie DeBartolo on the eye test for two. And Eddie, I want to go back to something you said earlier. You said, I, I feel much more than an owner. What, what do you feel like then? What, much more than an owner then? How do you see yourself? Well, you know, I, I, I talk to, uh, I, 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 I talk to owners. I still talk to them. And, you know, we, once we get into our discussion, we talk about, you know, how great it is being, being, uh, being a little bit above the pack. Uh, you know, I talked to Jerry Jones quite a bit and, and, and I've talked to uh, Bob Kraft and, and some other owners, uh, but uh, it just, it, it's something that's so special uh, to me that I just look back and, you know, uh, and, and, I, and I thank Bill Walsh and I thank these great players I had over the years that made it possible for me to be in that position uh, with with the writers, and uh, I just wish uh, some of these some of these friends of mine were still here. Yeah, well, I, I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast about how you said everything was on the record, which is so extraordinary for anyone in the public eye, as Ira knows, and anyone who covers the NFL knows, and that's why I thought, wow, th this is unusual. But Ira, I'm going to tell you, it was more than that, because I remember saying to Eddie, how many players on this team do you know? I mean, by name, he goes, what is this, a trick question? I mean, I know them all. And I'd come from a team where the owner said, I know three or four of the players by name. And that was it. And, and that was the truth. But Eddie knew them all. And they, and they loved him. And, you know, when they went into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, there were so many people, 49ers there, were supportive of him. And, um, Eddie, I, I think back to those teams. I was only there for the 94 Super Bowl, but there were four before then. You had five teams that went to Super Bowls, and they were 5-0. and oh. um, That was a very short time. 
what did you like most about the experience, apart from winning in, in Super Bowl? What did you like most about the experience in, in Super Bowls? And what did you like the least? Well, obviously, if you ask me what I like the least, that would be losing a game. Or, no, that's not true. What I liked least about, about owning the team was losing a player to injury. Right. That hurt me more than anything. Um, uh, they, they gave me everything that they had, everything. And I know that. And when, when one of our players went down, if it was, you know, something very serious, it bothered me really terribly. Next, obviously, would be, you know, losing. Um, and um, I, I guess the other question, um, it, it, you know, you asked about winning. I mean, about, about what, you know, what, what was important to you. Of course, winning was important to us. And uh, looking back now, Clark, what really was important at, the, at that time was the relationships that I formed with not just players from Super Bowl teams, but the players that uh, like came to our, I had a, I had a, uh, uh, you know, about nine or 10 years ago, I had a Super Bowl reunion, but uh, you know, it, it, not just those players, but we invited players that weren't in, in, at the, in, in Super Bowls too. But being, being with these guys, and I see them and talk to them all the time, you know, we still get together. We go places, we go have dinners. Obviously, you know, we, I think we've all been curtailed with, with this COVID. But the relationships that I had with everybody from, from the uh, trainers, to the, the kids that cleaned the uh, uniforms, uh, to the people in the front office, and even the Carmen policy. Uh, it, uh, you know, honestly, it was, it, it was life-changing. I think that's what I, 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 that's a good term. It was life-changing for me. Eddie, I'm going to give you a little platform here, which I think you'll embrace. Eddie, this is a tough one, but if you could pick one 49er player that you had that deserves to wear a gold jacket, Eddie, and doesn't have one, who would it be? Wow. Only one? One, my man. One. Um, Roger Craig. I, I thought you would say Roger Craig. Yeah. Why, Eddie? Why? Well, uh, Roger Craig changed, uh, with the, obviously, with Bill's offense at the time. Roger Craig, he basically changed uh, uh, football back then. They, you know, he was the first uh, first back to uh, run and catch for a thousand yards. Um, he was uh, he had great hands. He's pro he probably has hands uh, that are as good as some of these receivers that are playing nowadays. And uh, I think only a few players did what he did. And he gave it his all. And, uh, and, and he was just a great, great team player. And, and, and he's a great man. Um, we're, we're, we're dear friends, and that's not the reason. But I think that his, what he did, his accomplishments, uh, when, as he played for us, and he did play for good teams, and he had good players around him, but he was just as good as those players. Eddie, on the COVID-19 front, 
Eddie, how surprised were you that the league managed managed to plow through 256 games? They didn't cancel. Eddie, who gets the credit? And, um, uh, you know, h- how important was it that the NFL did this? You know that, I, seriously, I sat down and I think what happened in the NFL for, for, for this season is something that this they'll be talking about this long after we're all gone. I mean, what, what happened and, and to continue this season and to be able to play all those games and end up with a Super Bowl, albeit changed and different, is, is something that is, it's historic because of this horrible disease. I mean, you know, you'll have one person that'll get a cold and a headache and you'll have one other strong person that'll die. And, 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 and uh, you know, these teams have gone through it. The league has done a great job of, of, of testing players, of trying to keep everybody as healthy as they can. And they've ended up with what the NFL is all about. It's premier game, the Super Bowl. And, you know, who gets the credit? Roger Goodell, the people around him, his, his, his medical uh, uh, staff and his medical, the, you know, the, the doctors that, uh, that talk to him about what should be done. I just think, honestly, it's basically a miracle that this season uh, 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 played through the way it did. And this coming Sunday, we're going to have a Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Eddie. And we're speaking with Eddie DeBartolo on the eye test for two, but I agree with you. Ira and I had said before the season, we thought that that Super Bowl would be moved back because there would be games would be postponed and would probably be played in late February, maybe early March, but it's right. being played on time. Um, I want to go back to what you said about Roger Craig because I feel very passionately about him. You look at that 49ers team from the 1980s and look at one side of the ball, and that's offense. And I said to... Ira and other Hall of Fame voters, tell me how many of those starters are in the Pro Football Hall of Fame? How many? The answer is two, Joe Montana and Jerry Rice. And -hmm. Jerry Rice wasn't there for two of those four Lombardi trophies in the 80s, 1980s. Right. So you want to tell me that Joe Montana carried that team? I know Joe Montana was one of the great quarterbacks of all time, but that he was the sole reason there's got to be someone else offensive linemen you had offensive linemen who are hall of fame worthy roger craig certainly is hall of fame worthy yes. been a finalist once once and in the meantime i don't mean to denigrate the st louis rams but i guess i will the greatest show on turf won one super bowl mm-hmm. one we've right. got four players from that offense in canton and one on defense and es williams we've got five players four on offense from a team that went to one super, uh, two Super Bowls and one, one. So maybe they weren't the greatest show on turf, but I, I, I look at that 49er team and I go, why not Roger Craig? And with each year that passes, Eddie, unfortunately, I think his chances get, get less and less. Yeah. And you know, you know, Clark, another thing, and this, this isn't to, uh, uh, to, to, to degrade anybody. I, I mean, I, I have great friends uh, in the media, uh, but it seems as though uh, a lot of, a lot of the voters are, you know, lean towards the Steelers, the Cowboys. Uh, uh, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, you know, uh, it's just the Packers. Um, 
and, and that's probably a, a, not a fair thing to say. Uh, but, you know, who knows? You know, everybody has their own mind and everybody can, uh, you know, make up their own decisions. And the people, I'm sure there's many people that deserve to be in the, in the Hall of oh, Fame. Oh, sure. Sure, you know. sure. But they, they lean towards the Steelers and the Packers because they were dynasties, right? And the Cowboys in the, in the 70s. Well, what more successful team was there in the 1980s than the San Francisco 49ers? You, you right. won four Super Bowls there, and then you won a fifth one in 1994. I just don't understand that. And when I hear people complaining about, you know, oh, we only have this many or that many, I keep going back to that team and go, what are we missing here? I mean, Roger Craig was a great player. And you're right. Unfortunately, because he played some fullback and halfback, he didn't right. pile up those gargantuan rushing numbers, but he had some of the best hands I've ever seen for a running back. So did Ricky oh, Waters, did. too, who followed him. But um, and unfortunately, I guess he gets penalized for that. And I think that's unfair, to be honest. Uh, I agree. I think he does get penalized. But you know what? Um, life is funny. And, uh, uh, you know, it, the whole world is, 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 is changed. But uh, Roger is a good man. And I think that his talents and what he did on the field make him worthy of, this, of the Hall of Fame. Eddie, I've got one more for you. Thanks so much for doing this, Eddie. We really appreciate it. Ed, this comes right from my, your buddy, Derek Brooks. He told me to <laughs> pin down. He says, you got to pin down Mr. D when you get him on a Zoom call. So here it goes, Eddie. Derek Brooks says he never got a straight answer from you on this question. When Derek Brooks approached you about the Brooks the Bartolo school, yeah. and he said, he said, you rolled over like a log. You didn't give him any problem. And... He wants to know why was he so persuasive about getting you to agree to go partners with Derek Brooks? Oh, he wasn't persuasive. You know what? When you saw what we were, uh, the plans that we had, the, the, the school that he that, that, that was involved in could never have made it. It was in the wrong part of town. Uh, uh, the teachers weren't right. The, the students, uh, it, it, I made I made him when we decided to partner up. We built the school down here off of uh, 275. It's a great school. We've got a lot of room to expand, put a football field in and everything else. Derek Brooks is one of the kindest, kindest guys that I've ever met. He's got a giant heart and he was extremely responsible for helping get this thing rolling. And, and he spends a lot of time at that school too, and also. And I'm gonna tell you something, it's, we, get, we get A plus grades every year. And I think that, I think that it was named one of the 10 top uh, uh, charter schools in the nation. Uh, uh, and you can tell that Derek, uh, you know, really cares and put a lot of time in there because he's gotten totally gray. <laughs> I saw, I saw a picture of him. I haven't seen him in a, in a few weeks. My God, is he, in, in a month, he, he turned gray. <laughs> well, you, you don't have a single gray hair on your head. Oh, yeah, I, yes, I do. <laughs> what does that say about the time you're putting in? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Eddie, I've, I've got a couple more, too. One is you talk so fondly and lovingly about owning a team in the 49ers and your players talk the same way about you. 
A, do you miss it? Uh, and B, uh, why didn't you ever try to get back in after you got out? Oh, you know, that's that old saying, been there, done that. Um, I, it, there's only one reason, and it was family. And, you know, and I'm not a kid anymore. Those guys, uh, you know, Jerry and uh, Bob Kraft and some of these guys, I give them a lot of credit because it takes everything out of you. And, you know, they're not, they're not kids either. Uh, and you know what it enabled me to do, Clark? It enabled me to spend valuable time with my three daughters and their husbands and my wife, Candy. But more, not more importantly, but as, as important, uh, watch my three grandsons born and watch them grow up. And, you know, I never could have done that. Because football now is 24 hours a day, yeah. every day. And um, sure, I miss it, but uh, I wouldn't trade what I have now for the world. Yeah, I got one more question. Of those teams that you had, the five, I'd say, I just off the top of my head, maybe 1989 was your greatest team. You, you humbled the Denver Broncos 55 to 10, John Owen and the Broncos in the Super Bowl. How do you think that 89 team would do against either or both of these teams that are playing in the Super Bowl on Sunday? I think we'd have kicked their ass. <laughs> both of them. <laughs> Why? Why? Because it was just a great, great team. But it's a different type of football now. But I'll tell you something, player for player, I think, I, I think we, would have, we would have given them all they wanted. Montana That's versus already. Brady? Montana versus Brady? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The similar, not uh, different styles. Montana's yeah. got more of uh, Mahomes' style. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And Brady's from San Mateo. Unfortunately, yep. the 49ers didn't draft him. Eddie, thanks so much, as All always, right. for the time. And, and hopefully, we'll see you in Canton this summer. Okay, Clark. And thank you, Ira. Thank thanks. you both so much. Yeah, thanks, thank Eddie. you. Stay well and stay healthy. You too. Thanks, Eddie. Thank you. That was former 49ers Eddie DeBartolo, who will be honored this Friday at the Merlin Olsen Luncheon in Tampa. And, and Ira, uh, I loved what he had to say about those 89 49ers. Boy, <laughs> that's, the, that's the reason you want somebody who says everything's on the record, because that's a direct shot. You know, I mean, not the direct shot, but direct quote that you love to put in a headline somewhere. Maybe it'll appear somewhere, I think, and it might. Um, but that's a great quote. And that's because that's a guy who loved that team. And he actually demanded that kind of excellence from them and they responded in five you know what i think i think he's right clark oh, so do I. I i agree i agree with him and and the 84 team might be a notch below the 89 team but that was a heck of a team even though they didn't have jerry rice the yeah, that's right. yeah i mean they, they just had so many good players but it was a terrific unit and unfortunately um bill walsh wasn't there at that time his players were but they had an equally good coach who i don't think gets enough credit that's George Seifert. People say one with Bill Walsh's players, but George Seifert did a wonderful, wonderful job with that team. And then comes back in 94 to win with, you know, different players. But Steve Young is his quarterback. And that was a great team as well. Clark, the uh, Clark, that 89th Super Bowl, you were there. It was yeah. in New Orleans. They, yeah. they were playing uh, Denver, I believe. Yeah, Denver, um, 55 to 10. And Clark, uh, the, the one thing I'll never forget. I mean, I'm sitting in the press box. The game starts. And within the first few minutes, Jerry Rice runs a slant and nobody covers him. Mm -hmm. He goes 70 yards with a touchdown. Yeah. And 
you know, you're drawing up a game plan for the 89 49ers. Now they had John Taylor too, but you gotta you gotta do a job on Jerry Rice. Clark, there was nobody around them. That game was lost in the first minute. They had oh, no, no chance. No, no question. Much like the ninety-four Super Bowl was against the, the Chargers, third play of the game. Jerry Rice on a slant over the middle. He has Stanley Richards, uh, Darian Gordon, I think, catches that touchdown, and the route was on. But the the interesting thing about that Denver game was later um, the 49ers revealed that when they were looking at the game plan for that week and looking at highlight films, they're going, we're going to win this game easily. They felt so confident going in there. Montana said, we're going to put up a lot of points. We're going to win this game easily. Um, but anyway, I love talking to him. I love talking to the 49ers with him. It's great to have him on here. Ara, thanks for getting him. Uh, that's going to do it for today. But um, you know what? We have another guest scheduled. And we're going to sit down with him tomorrow. And that would be former Eagles president, Joe Banner, to give us the lowdown on, no, not Tom Brady, Andy Reid, a coach nice. he helped hired in nice. Philadelphia. So don't miss that. We'll be here and we hope you will too. You'll be listening to the eye test for two on fullpressradio.com. See you on Wednesday. I will be there. I'll be there. And Ian will be there too. See you then. <laughs>